And now, introducing the man who was disappointed to discover that his producer failed to return from Columbia with the package that was promised, as while he insisted there is always a way around customs, there was a bit of understanding when he told them that they smelled the brick of raw ceviche emanating from his carry-on bag very quickly. After Julio Jones was taken off the market, he began a bit of an underground movement around sports to, quote, remove the playoff monkey from these two superstars back at the same time, unquote, by recruiting Giannis Attentacumpo to play wide receiver for the Ravens. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark, and yeah, that's Kyle Ottenheimer. He used to work here, and he decided he was going to uh, wander back. Um, the cavity search went okay. You didn't. I well, that no. was I was very nervous about that. It was a little tender, but all things considered, all I right. got out. All right, very good. Um, uh, Kyle actually also had a birthday yesterday, and and. Um, I, I, I'm told the two things, him not being here and the birthday are unrelated, but you just, you just never know. Had you pretty, never know. Pretty, like the worst traveling experience of my life on Sunday. Well, what's a pleasant traveling experience? You know, your flight's leaving on time. It's still unpleasant. It's, it's better than flying. waiting for six hours like, in the Cartagena airport and just uh, sitting that. in an extremely I uncomfortable hear, I chairs. I hear the Cartagena, Cartagena airport is lovely. This I time. don't need to go back ever. Do they have a Bojang- well, Cartagena was actually lovely. Do they have a Bojangles? No. Well, then, yeah, you know what? They have right. one place that serves some like um, like pastry sort of things. Yeah, that sounds kind of nice. They're not as good as they look. Sounds kind of It was easy. fine. It was fine. But no, all things all right. considered, um, I made it home. Uh, a lot to do on the program today. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to chat with Maryland Athletic Director Damon Evans. They opened up their, uh, they finally opened up the uh, the full field house, um, the Jones Hill field house uh, last week for the football team. Looks looks great, obviously. Um, maybe see if there's an update on the basketball facility. Some other things going on in the world of Maryland athletics. Uh, also coming up a little bit later on this morning, J.J. Cooper from Baseball America is going to join us. He's their executive editor, and they have a new Top 100 Prospects list as of yesterday, and the top pitcher on that Top 100 Prospects list is at a l- number 11 overall. Not a lot of pitchers, it, I guess, interesting. in the Interesting. Okay, well, that none. would be none. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, it's Grayson Rodriguez, interestingly enough, who is their now top pitching prospect in all of baseball. I believe entering the season, it was, was it Sixto Sanchez or was it Mackenzie Gore with the Padres? I think Gore was ranked up there. And then I hear where on the street is, the baseball street. He's dealing with a little bit of a problem this year. Mm. He can't find the strike zone at all. That doesn't seem ideal for them. Yips has been thrown around. For them, it doesn't seem great. Not a concern for me necessarily, but for them, less than ideal. Uh, anyway, we'll talk more about that with J.J. Cooper when he joins us a little bit later on in the program. Today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get your roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. Some good news, some bad news for all of us. The bad news, of course, our girl, uh, Paula Bedosa, goes down in the, uh, the quarterfinals of the uh, French yes, of Open course, this our morning. Girl. Ah, it's very sad. I couldn't stop paying attention biggest, while I was out Biggest of the star in all of tennis. Love her. Love her. But uh, she is, uh, she's out. Thriller. 8-6 in the third set. I know uh, I'm, I'm telling you guys like you don't already know. Sure. Uh, very sad development this morning out in Paris. The good news, of course, being our favorite basketball team looks great. Our favorite basketball team is kicking some ass, man. So the Suns rolled past the Nuggets in Game 1. 
A little hairy there at the start of the third quarter. I know all you guys know that. You were up late with me watching the game. Of course you were. A little hairy to start the third quarter, but then all of a sudden everything started clicking. Mikael Bridges is probably the best player in the history of the sport. Um, just a just a wonderful night to be a Phoenix Suns fan like we all are. So that was the good news. Also a wonderful night to have not taken Jeremy Kahn's advice. Yeah. As did that mean that you didn't? Yes, I did not. I did not. He told take, you to bet against the Suns. No, not well. He told me to bet the under in that game. I don't. I don't know what hit. I have no idea if the under hit or not. I just told him I wasn't doing that. And sure, so sure. his other advice was, just, came up just a bit short. His other advice was to bet the Bucks outright. Well, you and, know. And sure, at one point they were down. What is they it? were down by forty nine points, right, but they right. didn't lose by forty nine. So they got that going. The spread was like forty three, right? They uh, yeah, no, uh, they did not. I think the number was one and a half. Ooh. Yeah, just yeah. eat that one out. The Nets, just, huh? Just managed yeah. to uh, to pull out a win in that one. So um, I love Jeremy, and I will continue to take his advice sometimes. But I made an executive decision last night. Like he, did you his, see Giannis's T-shirt? No, I didn't see it. Why would I care? It's pretty, pretty. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I even want to talk about it on air. Why? It was a teddy bear doing a doing an act. Okay, good, good for him. Taking a picture. Oh, taking a picture of his junk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did see it. Now <laughs> I did. So, yeah. so what? So, I mean, I, it's a t-shirt. God bless him. God bless the man for wearing a t-shirt. Um, yeah, Jeremy was like, I think the Bucks are going to win the series still, and I was like, eh. the Nets are all right, I guess. Nah, you don't need Harden. Gonna gonna pass on this one. Gonna pass. Appreciate the thought, but I'm gonna pass on this one. I think I'm still affected by all of the Blazers bets he kept suggesting that I make. I I think that when it was impacting me in this decision, that it, it sounds like he's doing that thing that a lot of betters do, where they're like, "Well, I can't just bet with the teams favorites, that everybody else right, thinks yeah, are gonna yeah. win. I gotta go a different way." And I'm like, I. Like this time, maybe are we you gonna have bet to... on the Suns to win it all just for fun? No, I don't bet on I don't bet on the teams that I care about. Never have, never will. Ever since Pete Rose, right? Well, correct. Yeah, really changed everything. No, I just don't want to take anything away from the enjoyment. Like I get it. Of of I don't want to do anything. I just want it to be about this is something that I care about desperately, and I I'm deeply interested and invested in it, and I don't want to mess with that by betting on it. So no, never bet games that involve. Teams that I actually care about. It does not work that way for me. Like the Sparks. Yeah, the LA Sparks haven't once. I got you're on you're right about that. I've not once mm-hmm. in my life bet on the LA Sparks. Yeah. And I tell you what, this is a promise. I never will. I like it. Never will Conviction. bet on the LA Sparks. Uh Orioles, of course, were off last night. The uh the news late in yesterday's show. We did we got to the Juwan James news. There's there's no there's, interesting, right? Like good. Why not? Um yeah, why not? Why if you if you want to why not, it would be in in reading more about how the contracts are structured, you did it in at first it seemed like, oh, they're basically just announcing to you that they're moving on from Alejandro Villanueva after the season. And they still could but they would be doing that, leaving themselves $3.5 million of dead money because of it. Now, somebody would say, that's not the end of the world. $3.5 million dead money is no big deal. And worst case scenario is you just have him on the roster still as a a, a, a backup tackle. Sure, but right. that then makes it more confusing as to why why, so much money. why he's your guy now. Yeah. Why If if you're not convinced that Alejandro Villanueva can be the – like. Unless it's only about Ronnie Stanley. All the math that you've done. But you're making – you've announced he's your right tackle. 
You've announced that. But isn't that still fluid if Ronnie Stanley were to be out? Right? Like, yeah, I mean, you've if announced he's out, he's your right tackle, if he's, but he's still it, your next best that, option if, at left. That's fine to have him as a backup plan at left tackle, sure. but he's still your priority to be your right tackle. You don't have someone else that you feel strong enough about as being your right tackle, and I don't feel good about Alejandro Villanueva, and you guys going out and getting a guy to play right tackle the following year doesn't make me feel any better about him. Now, yes, it could be that there's there's multiple layers of truth. It could be that essentially Alejandro Villanueva told you, guys, I really I'm think I only have about one year left in me. If that's the case, I, I again, it's hard for me to feel strongly about him this season. It's hard for me to think I was all, it was always difficult. So some of this is confirmation bias, right? It was always difficult for me to believe that Alejandro Villanueva was the answer for the Baltimore Ravens sure. at right tackle. I'm, it's, it's, to me, borderline insane. It's not as insane as some of the things that people around the league are, are trying to sell you on uh, Julio Jones, but it's borderline insane. What are they trying to sell us on? Well, they're trying to sell that uh, 32 is old, and they're trying to sell that uh, there's the too much second money. round is too much, right? Or that there's too much money on his contract, and they're trying to sell all the re- teams. That we talk, got into this yesterday. Do they're, we know if the Ravens are, were, like, what the extent no, we of don't. their we interest? No, we don't. We don't. We have no idea. Um, we the the teams are trying to depress wide receiver salaries. That's what's going on right now. They've decided to de-emphasize wide receiver, and it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And I I already did my rant about it yesterday and lost my mind. And you guys enjoyed that, and, and my buddy Greg Rosenthal enjoyed it, and everything. It, I just I'm I'm out. I'm not doing it again for the next until the next time this topic comes up. There's some bizarre thing that's happening in well, football. It happened for well, a while. I don't know how many times receivers like well, that hit the open market. Well, I, mean, last, I don't know if you heard, last summer, two better, younger receivers went for, for next to nothing. Well, the first round pick is better than one, that. I, I one of it. them went for a first I round pick. It. The other one went for a second round pick. But there was, and, Bill and, O'Brien was involved. And there's no debate that the guy that went for a first round pick, based on his age, was, it was a better use of a first round pick. Oh, and by the way, all he did was completely change the, the fortunes of the history of a franchise oh, I'm in sorry, football. did they win the Super Bowl? Clinton? They didn't. You're right about that. Yeah. The, were they garbage ever until he showed up? No. No, they were always you saw the they offense. Were horrendous until JP the moment Lawson? that guy showed up. Come on. They were a horrendous, just absolutely They made Ryan Fitzpatrick who he fran- is. Yeah, thank you. They were a wretched franchise until the moment that dude showed up. But no, we shouldn't emphasize wide receiver. We should pretend like the teams that win don't have really good wide receivers that cost money. We should pretend like the reason Tom Brady wanted to be in Tampa wasn't because they had Mike Evans. The, it was the, the, the tax, the income tax. Right? I, well, it might have something to do with that, too. It might help. This notion, well, it's because they had a really good defense. The Patriots had a phenomenal defense. Well, they were missing six of their guys last year. Last year? He didn't know that when he made the decision to go to Tampa. Maybe he did. No, he didn't. They had a phenomenal defense the year that he his final year in New England. They had an outstanding defense. You know what they didn't have? Wide receivers. For a head coach. No, that's true. That's a good point, too. They didn't have one of those. That's a really wacky bit. My point being, this the Villanueva bit maybe isn't as wacky as that, but it's still a wacky bit. It's a really wacky bit where we're just pretending like this is a sure thing to the point that the Ravens are going ahead and preparing their next right tackle. And that doesn't mean that in a vacuum I'm opposed to to Juwan James. Or it that he isn't you, just depth, right? Like that he's not being signed because that, next year he's... That, that doesn't got, make... It makes 10, zero... Right? 10 million, about nine and a half. Well, yeah, but it's not all guaranteed. I, get I mean, it, like right. it, it makes... But they're paying him not to play this year, essentially. Correct. They're paying him to rehab this right. year. They're paying him very little to do it, but they're paying him More something. More they're paying us. Correct. That's a good point. We should look into that. But the point being, the idea of 
th- football changes too much during the course of a year for me to think that it's smart for you to be making a depth move for 2022. That's not smart business. Unless smart business is if you think you need the guy to play and making the move right now. The only way you can call this smart is if you believe the guy needs to play in 2022 and you think you found him. Depth moves, come on. We, the, the, the Ravens can find depth along the offensive line at any point. You don't have to pay. It's, it, it's, I would only, and I don't know that that's the case. I mean, who's once a highly thought of player and once a successful and good player, right? Like, if they. That's the only reason why I think this makes sense is because they think he can be their starting right, right tackle next year. Otherwise, it's just getting a guy for no reason. Sure. There's no reason to do this if you don't feel that way. And if you do feel that way, it it makes my questions about Alejandro Villanueva even louder. I, I'm I'm not I, I don't they can be believe both it or not. true, right? I get that the money they gave Villanueva indicates they have real belief that he can be a player, right? That they think he can be a if if if, if only a capable starter, at least that. So I guess that doesn't necessarily jive with the idea that he was just the last girl at the bar, right? Like they were just looking at the tackle market, they left the draft, didn't have a guy, and then they're left over, and here's Alejandro Villanueva, right? And they're like, well, we still need one, so pay what it takes, right? They gave probably a little too much money for me to think that that was just how they felt, but it's not impossible, right, that that was part of their thinking, that like they entered after the draft and said, look, we still have this hole. We still have this need. But to know that he's only a guy, if you know he's only a guy for one year, to put yourself on the hook for dead money for the following year. No, they're calling us. To put yourself on the hook for dead money in the following year when you feel as though you have to go get another right tackle for the following year, it's it, counter, counter again, voodoo. none of this means none of this dooms the Ravens. None of this means uh, so. in any way they're not going to be able to extend Lamar Jackson. Right? Something <laughs> along those lines, but it doesn't. None of this clicks. These all of these things say we don't really know what the answer is at right tackle. We we just don't really know. Or that they were and at so some we're point, gonna like, they loved Jawan James maybe right like they that's fine. But there's doing this only makes sense if you're convinced he's your guy the following year. You you can't. There's no equation. I don't, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Right? Like I don't know how much it would cost. Like what is the cost for a for a gamble? Right? Like if you are gambling, if you are looking at Jawan James as a football player and saying we know his ceiling, right? We know what he's capable of being when he's fully healthy and starting. And we have potentially a very good right tackle on our hands if he's healthy. Yes, I agree with that. That part of it makes sense. What is it worth to take that risk? To say, we are willing to pay you right now to rehab. You're reading into two different things. I don't have any problem with them doing that with Jawan James. That alone is fine. You signed Alejandro Villanueva and put yourself in a position where you had to give him two years for whatever reason and dead money there. If Alejandro Villanueva is someone who can be your right tackle for the following year, there is no need for doing this. You're just that. If you think Jawan James is so good that you could sign him for five years, that's one thing. I, I don't know. I mean, risk, I'm not. Right? Like, I'm not yeah. sitting around and waiting for him for two years. You're making moves that somebody can say, "Well, you can never have too many capable tackles." D- to some extent, that's true. How did it work spending all that money on James Hurst? Well, how did that work? Depth. Was he? At what point? You know, when they had the depth chart out, and he was the backup at every position. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. He was that. There's something to be said for it. 
And again, don't overreact to what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's garbage. I'm not saying it's horrendous. I'm saying you can't just keep saying everything's great. Is it is it perhaps a smart move? Perhaps. It could prove to be, right? It could prove or to it be. It could prove to be a but you good enough move where you overlook what you're talking about with the dead money, right? Like where you're like, it doesn't, three and a half million, who cares? It's not right? the like, end of the world. Nobody's saying it's the end of the world if they end up taking dead money on Alejandro Villanueva. But not all of these things can be true. And it backs up. If you were confident in Alejandro Villanueva being the guy, if you were super confident in him as your answer, I don't think you you'd be move. in the market of trying to pursue a right tackle for the following year. I don't think that's something that you would do if you had super confidence in how good Alejandro Villanueva is. I think it speaks to the concern you have about Alejandro Villanueva, like which is the ever, only reasonable thing that I think there can be. Right. How could you ever look at Alejandro Villanueva but and say this is our long-term answer? That's part of the problem sure. here. If it wasn't Alejandro Villanueva, I don't know that we have any of this conversation. I mean, I if it, if they had never signed him and they were just going with Tyree Phillips, right? It would still and be a saying, little bit like it would it would make you wonder about Tyree Phillips. But but I'm okay with that sure. because he didn't spend a bunch of money on Tyree Phillips. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is at that point, like I get it, I get why it is that you're doing that. You got a young player, you don't know if he's going to be the answer or not. Like have a backup plan to your backup plan to back up your backup plan. You went out and spent real money on Alejandro Villanueva. He better be the answer. I'm not sure they're convinced. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. I was uh, seeing some of the pictures that, and videos that were being posted when uh, Jones Hill House formally opened last Friday. It, it looks phenomenal. There's no debate about that. Let's talk about uh, what it means for the University of Maryland Athletic Department, some of the other things going on within the athletic department. A pleasure to welcome back to the program Maryland Athletic Director Damon Evans, who joins us now here on GCR. Damon, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, it's good to be with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. It's great to chat with you. I know it was a very exciting day for everybody. I, I, I guess let's say a bummer uh, for the baseball team. Uh, uh, a heartbreak this weekend. What a season it was. Awesome to see him playing in the postseason again. So I know there's two different, and, I, and of course, the, the oh, God, the heartbreak at the end of the lacrosse title game. But let's leave that alone for a second, Damon. Instead of talking about the heartbreak, um, let's talk about what an exciting day it was for everybody on Friday. You've known how this has been coming along. I'm sure you had been, already been in and seen everything. What did it mean to you for everybody else to get to see this project that has been a long time coming? As you might imagine, we're very, very thrilled to have Jones Hill House open up. Uh, it, it was amazing to see the reaction of the student-athletes, our football team, when we unveiled it to them because I know it was a, a long time coming. Uh, some have said it was like uh, Christmas in June to, to see their reaction as we toured them through the facility, and that was really rewarding for me, and I know Loxley and a lot of our staff. A lot of people put a lot of hard work into this facility that is state-of-the-art and which I believe is one of the best uh, in the country, which will help us as we continue to recruit student-athletes here, and it shows a strong commitment on behalf of our institution and our program. So. Kudos to all of those that were involved, and uh, uh, we we'll look forward to having you guys over here to check it out. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to come see it. And my, you know, I can I, seeing the players' reactions, no doubt. Holy smokes! I mean, it, it was amazing. Um, it, how is it, Damon? How is Jones Hill House different than 
other facilities? You know, people have talked a lot about, like, the arms race in college football. In what ways does Jones Hill House even stand out, maybe, from other facilities within the sport? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and this it may be uh, different to some. The name in and of itself. Uh, we've been dealing with two pandemics this past year, and one of those pandemics have been the social justice issues that we've all faced. Mm-hmm. And to take two trailblazers and Billy Jones, who is a former uh, basketball student athlete here, first uh, African-American basketball player at the University of Maryland and in the ACC, and then Daryl Hill, uh, the first African-American football student athlete in the ACC and at this university. So to have those those two individuals that were trailblazers, African-Americans, that opened the doors for individuals such as myself, uh, having that building named after them is so fitting. So that makes that building different. But then when you start looking at what we put in there, uh, I think what stands out to me is the fact of what we did for the health, safety, and, and, and wellness of our student-athletes with our, our training room uh, and, and the things that we put in there and, and the nutrition areas that we put in. A lot of institutions have done these things. I just think it's the little details that have really gone into it that make this building pop and, and, and come to life. And uh, so I know that our student athletes like the recording studio that's in there, and, and they like the barber shop and their locker room and things of that nature. But I like the fact that we have all the things in there that looks out for their well-being, and everything that they need is within a hundred-yard uh, radius for training, competing, rehab, nutrition, and so forth. Can we look forward to maybe an annual uh, Terps football team mixtape with the recording hmm. studio? Hmm. Hmm. You know, it'd be good to have a mixtape. I might join in there, you guys. I might throw right. some of my old wait, school Wait a second. Do, uh, you, do you have bars, Damon Evans? Do you, do you, do you? Hey, 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 we all think we do. Not I. I promise you that. Not I. I do not think that I have any bars. I, I can I can do the, the Eminem part from Forgot About Dre. That's about what I've got in me. That's, that's about what I have to offer. Damon Evans is with us here on GCR. Um, uh, you know, Damon, I, and, and I say this, I want to make this very clear. I asked this question um, as someone who is a believer in Mike Loxley. I've been for a very long time. I'm um, a believer in the trajectory of the program and what it is that he's doing. Does something like this, does this now elevate the expectation? Like that, that okay, you know, we spent a lot of money on this. Clearly, we've got the facility. We've caught up a little bit. Like that now it's got to come along with, this is where we expect to be competing. These are the waters that we expect to be in moving forward. Yeah, I, I think Mike understands that. In fact, I know he understands that. I've always talked to him, and, and I say this to a lot of our coaches. I think we have to provide the necessary resources to match the expectations that we have as a program. And I believe that we've done that here uh, in the sport of football. We now have those necessary resources in one of the premier facilities uh, in the country. But I'm also always going to preach patience. Um, and I'm a patient individual. I think building a football program takes time. Um, and I think Mike is doing it in the right way. And this will serve to enhance uh, his efforts. I mean, what he's already done in the recruiting classes that we've had here and taking a look at this team uh, is something that we can all be proud of. But I think this will uplift that. And, and obviously, uh, as time goes on, uh, our expectations here at the University of Maryland for football are high, and we want to be uh, we want to compete in this conference at the highest level and win championships. 
Damon, because we're talking about facilities, I know there's been some some various things that have been out there about the, the future of the basketball facility. Is there any update that you can give us about, you know, wh where that stands and, and where it is as far as a priority for you guys? It is a priority for us. Uh, uh, basketball here at the University of Maryland is significant, both men's and women's. We have, uh, you know, just extended both uh, Turge as well as Coach Freeze, and both of them deserved it. And, and they're both, uh, in many polls, top ten programs next year, so we're excited about that. So we continue to fundraise and continue to plan for that facility. Uh, our goal is to build that facility. Is that It is a much-needed resource, and it's one that our coaches and our student-athletes uh, deserve so we'll continue to plan and move forward accordingly and, and very excited about the opportunity there is there a timeline that you guys have internally at all for that no we don't have a timeline set but uh sooner rather than later it's something that you know one of the things that we have to do is raise the money uh, that's important it's hard to do things without money we continue to fundraise and uh, come up with different strategies but our goal is to do that sooner here rather than later and uh, we're working hard at it Damon Evans, Maryland Athletic Director, is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Damon, I know uh, good news, and, 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 and based on how the world has moved forward, um, that, that, that we're going to have fans again, and it's going to be open come the fall, particularly for football. Is there anything that, like, you know, when I ask things like, um, are we assuming that, that it's, it's total normalcy at games for you guys in the fall, that, like, you know, tailgating returns, that it's it, – it, are we at that point where we just assume this is going to feel like – the fall of 2019, essentially, at Maryland football games and sporting events when we get to the fall. Well, well you know, we're excited about the fall, you guys. It's, it's interesting to get back to whatever uh, normalcy is or looks like moving forward. Uh, we've been in, in our state of Maryland that sporting events have uh, – uh, outdoor events have been, uh, the restrictions have been lifted regarding capacity and so forth. So we're excited about that. Prince George's County uh, has lifted those restrictions. So uh, we plan on uh, having uh, full capacity. Stadium will be open to our patrons. How patrons respond to that? Sure. Uh, are they excited about coming? Will there be some hesitancy out there? That remains to be seen, but we want to uh, do everything that is appropriate to look out for our fans and protect them as far as health and their safety is, uh, is concerned. But we plan on moving forward full capacity and doing things uh, in accordance with uh, local and state guidelines, and those state guidelines and local guidelines uh, have allowed us to do so. What you're saying is you're not going to force anyone to go to, like, a tailgate if they want to go to a football game. You're not going to say, this is the way it works. You're not allowed in unless you go over here and share food with 30 of your closest friends. You're not going to no, be allowed. Not, not at all, but we, we're going to be encouraging everybody to come back and celebrate uh, Maryland football and all of our other sports that will be starting up. And uh, it's just an exciting time right now for all of us to be where we are, knowing that we can welcome our fans back into our venues. Uh, that's significant for all concerned. The, the significant news in the legislature this year as the Jordan McNair Act was was passed and signed by the governor, and I know – you know, it, it sort of comes at the same time as the NCAA appears as though they're finally going to deal with the name image likeness issue. And, you know, I, I think we've said that a billion times before, Damon, so I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not holding my breath, admittedly, when it comes to that. Um, but but knowing now that this is going to be the law, at least in the state of Maryland in the coming years, what does that mean for you guys? What steps are you taking in order to be prepared for it? 
Um, and, and, and have you had those conversations with the athletes themselves? Like how much have they maybe been talking to you about, you know, you guys have guys that are coming in that are, you know, significant, you know, recruits, uh, who probably are the type that, that are, are very much interested in this. I guess you get a sense that it's, it's a benefit to the university of Maryland that the state got ahead on this. Well, I, I think any time, first and foremost, I'm going to say this. Student athletes should be fairly compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. I've always been a big proponent of that, and uh, we continue to talk about it, and hopefully that we'll get to a point where we have the rules and regulations in place uh, to do so. I know there's a lot of push to, to get some help from Congress by the NCAA and so forth. I also know uh, the Austin case could have an impact, and that, and that had gone before the Supreme Court and we're hoping that a ruling will come out here sometime the end of June. So, yeah, what are we doing? I think it's appropriate for us to uh, assist our student-athletes as much as possible with this. We've partnered with a company called Open Doors. Uh, they're helping us uh, with brand content uh, with our student-athletes, I should say, to help them develop their brand content, understanding their overall value in the marketplace and how to go about doing things the appropriate manner. Also, this is going to be an educational process for our student-athletes. So anything that we can do here at the University of Maryland to help our student-athletes in this process is important. That partnership with Open Doors, we've launched something called Momentum for our student-athletes. So that's what our coaches can share with recruits. We've met with all of our head coaches, and we've had a presentation by Open Doors with our head coaches. We've also uh, had a uh, session uh, with our student-athletes as well, and we'll continue to do so because it's important, it's the right thing to do, and I want to make sure that they can maximize their efforts. If I could, you know, you mentioned some of the other things that are coming. Is it, can we say comfortably that even if, for whatever reason, the guidance doesn't come from Congress or, or we don't really get resolution, that no matter what, based on the state law, we know that University of Maryland athletes, I think, that it's, is it 2022 or 2023, and I apologize for not remembering, that, that there's going to be no impediment to them um, from the university at that point. Yes, the, uh, the, the state law goes into effect in 2023. Yep. Uh, so I'm hopeful that uh, across the board that we can get something done nationally so we can maintain a level uh, playing field within intercollegiate athletics. And, and I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about that will get done. But you're right, our, our state law will go into effect and we'll move forward accordingly if nothing has been done by 2023. But I, I anticipate all of that uh, being done and, and us moving forward with some options here in the very near future. Um, how, many, how many daily texts are you saying to, sending to Aaron Wiggins at this point to say, hey, bud, you know, we, we, we want you back. Huh? <laughs> like, how, how much are you involved in something like that? Well, you know what, I'm, I'm excited for Aaron. We want what's best for Aaron. Obviously, we'd love to have uh, Aaron back. I think going through the process is the appropriate thing for him to do to see where he is. I know, like a lot of our student-athletes in the sport of basketball, they have lifelong dreams of playing in the NBA. So testing the waters, that new process is good. But I would be lying if I didn't say that having Aaron Wiggins as part of our team really puts us in a, in a, in a very different position. And that yep. position is a chance to compete for uh, a, a championship. He's that good of a player. But at the end of the day, like we tell all of our student-athletes, we want what's best for you. And if uh, whatever decision Aaron makes, we're going to support him. Uh, if he decides to, to go pro, we're going to support him. 
If he decides to come back, we're going to welcome him with open arms. So uh, we'll see what happens. What else is on your radar, Damon Evans? You know, as, as we get now, obviously, to the point where the, the athletic year has ended, um, what, what are the priorities for you moving forward for University of Maryland Athletics? Well, you know, I want to continue to make sure that we can um, find ways to provide our student-athletes and coaches the resources that they need. We've been able to do that now in football. There's some other sports that we have to take a look at. We talked about basketball and the Basketball Performance Center. There's some other facilities for sports such as uh, men, I shouldn't say, yeah, men's lacrosse and doing something there for them, women's lacrosse and field hockey renovations. So I want to make sure that we continue to focus on that. I want to make sure that we're prepared for any new changes within the NCAA landscape uh, that comes uh, before us, and then just get excited and prepared for the upcoming year to make sure that we're positioned to have great success and represent this institution and its alums in the utmost manner. Uh, we can't get the, we can't wait to get down there to see the whole facility. I mean, it's 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 truly a marvel. Congratulations on on that, and uh, best of luck as we move towards the fall and what's hopefully. A uh, football season unlike one we've seen in a long time with uh, Talia under center and a lot of talent on that roster. Damon Evans, appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Uh, we look forward to doing this again. We look forward to the mixtape. Yeah, right. You know what, I'll, I'll get that tape out to you as soon as it's ready, but I appreciate you guys having me on. and Absolutely. look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Damon. Damon Evans, University of Maryland Athletic Director, checking in with us here on GCR. And, yeah, I mean, the facility obviously it looks you know phenomenal, of course. Uh, unfortunately, as we said before, it, it, it really is only kind of playing catch-up for the most part as most programs had this type of facility. And you're already playing catch-up in basketball because most high-level basketball programs have their own facility and Maryland doesn't. And the word is that that was paused. There, there have been plans in place to build a basketball facility, but you know that was paused um you know unfortunately we all know the kind of landscape of finance and and the world changed economics changed during well, the course what it of the cost to build this one right yeah i mean correct but i mean then then compounded by a pandemic sure. and compounded by unfortunately what we've seen a significant amount of inflation uh coming out of the pandemic and so it's 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 what it is. There's not a lot that can be done about it. You can say, you know, Mark Turgeon probably saying, well, this is the reason why this this is the difference in us closing the gap. And you say back, okay, that doesn't really explain why you you didn't win this game or you didn't beat this team or whatever it is. Or that um, there aren't teams that have success without such facilities. Yeah, right? like some, it, it some, happen, but right? it's the, it's the, the like rarer, the overwhelming right? majority of them certainly do have these types of facilities. There is no doubt that it is significant. Like I, I can't hide from that. It is significant. Is it? Um, excuse my naivety. Mm. Is it? Is it just never what done? Naivete. Yeah, I'll do what I want. I is it no, just you won't. never done that they have joint facilities between football and basketball? Between football and basketball, no. No, it's too much. I mean, the football team is, you got to remember, you're talking Huge, about 100 and, 100 and sometimes 20 players that you're dealing with. I mean, it's just, it, from a logistical standpoint, it's impossible. Plus, you need completely different types know, right? of There's courts and Now, is, and is there some world in which you could have a football facility over here, a basketball facility over here, and between the two, you could share, like, medical facilities, or you could share, right. you know, like, potentially that would be possible, potentially. But it is an awful lot to to sure. to get to that point. I mean, it's logistically it truly would be a nightmare, and and you'd have to have a, a, a very unique circumstances in order to pull that unique off. Unique New York, unique New York, if you will, unique New York in order to pull it off. 
All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube Service Center. Ask for Mobile One. J.J. Cooper is going to join us at the top of the hour, executive editor, Baseball America. they got a new prospect list. We will talk to him about that. I've been sitting on uh, – I, I had a good finish this last week, and there was one that I was going to save, and I think I'm going to try to get to it today. That comes to us from Florida of all places. Do a bit of dance. Huh? Now that I'm yeah, back, i got to yeah, dance. Yeah, I huh? do. That's exactly what I want you to do. So we'll do all that coming up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports sports and social maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at live casino and hotel they take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100 foot media wall 47 foot big screen 40 hd tvs extensive beer selection big eats in venue gaming bowling and more the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers they're raising the sports bar at sports and social maryland come see for yourself Book your table at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenn Nothing but men. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Don't forget the Tucker Fest is coming up June 27th, which is now less than three weeks away. It is going to be a magical, free, family fun event at Jerry's Toyota all afternoon. Live music, Joey Harkham, Dave Teeth, the Dunk Tank, Jeremy Kahn's hopping in. Uh, plus, as if that weren't enough, there's also going to be a cornhole tournament. There are going to be food trucks. There are going to be other vendors present. It's just going to be an awesome day for you to put your purple on, hang out with other purple fans. And oh, Did I mention that the greatest kicker of all time is going to be in attendance? And you can meet him, get your picture, your autograph with your family. But you got to get your meet-and-greet tickets. And we're selling those to raise money for the Brigantz Brigade, which is an amazing charity that's working in the fight against ALS in honor of O.J. Brigantz. So you got to go right now to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights, the number eight, Great Eights, so Great Eight S, Memorabilia.com. Get your meet-and-greet tickets for Justin Tucker at Tucker Fest. Everybody can come out. You don't need a ticket ahead of time. It's free. You can just come spend the day. But if you want to meet and get that picture and autograph with the greatest kicker of all time, you got to get your meet and greet tickets right now. Great8smemorabilia.com for what's going to be a great day in Baltimore County at Jerry's Toyota with Justin Tucker for Tucker Fest. And while you're at Great8smemorabilia.com, find out more about the other tremendous events, meet and greet opportunities private signings, things along those lines that they are doing. Uh, I want to take a couple minutes here, something that I, I didn't dive into yesterday. We kind of got the word late in the show, but um, I just wanted to get a little bit more information. I'm still a little bit unclear. Like, it's still very confusing to me. Cameron Kinley is the former Navy cornerback, and we talked about him a few times, talked about him with Kenny Montalolo a couple weeks ago. We had him on in the lead-up to the draft. He did not get drafted. He was signed afterwards by the Buccaneers. He's a very special individual. He delivered a commencement speech. Um, he was at, class president, wasn't he? Like, yes, he was. He was the senior class president this year at the Naval Academy. He is an incredible human being. He was very impressive during um, his first appearance with the Buccaneers. Of course, that doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. I don't know if you've heard. They've got a pretty good roster. Yeah. It certainly was going to be an uphill battle for him to get a spot on the active roster with the Buccaneers. But could he have been in play to get a practice squad squad spot, something along those lines? Absolutely. I am extraordinarily confused by Cam Kinley being denied the opportunity to begin his professional career. Extraordinarily confused by it for a multitude of reasons. One, We just sort of went through this with a couple of other Navy players in Keenan Reynolds and Malcolm Perry. They both got their opportunities. I believe Malcolm Perry may have come after the new guidance, which was given by the Trump administration, but Keenan Reynolds was not. That was before even that guidance came in. 
the guidance from the Trump administration, no matter what you feel about uh, uh, the former president, seem to be quite sound. That should allow for these athletes to go pursue their professional opportunities right before, yeah. not in lieu of, before, or even in some cases concurrently with. Keenan was doing that. Their service. Keenan Reynolds was definitely doing that. As he was a, a practice squad player in Baltimore, he was serving as a reservist. He was spending time working. I mean, I remember talking to him extensively about it. I'm remarkably confused by it, and I have not been able to get more clarity. And we reached out to Cam Kinley's camp. I know they're getting a lot of requests right now, as this is a story that goes far beyond sports and uh, certainly goes into the government and politics and things along those lines. It makes no sense. I can't think of any human being that the Navy would be better served to have doing interviews, doing public relations opportunities than Cameron Kinley, who is a truly incredible human being. And I don't know if Cameron Kinley was going to get any opportunity with the Buccaneers, or another team, mm -hmm. let's just say it doesn't work out with the Buccaneers, but somebody else picked them up to put on. I, but it would seem as though it would be the best possible thing for the Naval Academy in trying to get more young men to choose, and young women, sure. to choose to sign up to go to the Academy and yet still know that there, if you happen to be good enough at whatever these things are, you could still have those chances. And I'm sure that there are those some in the military that are resentful of that, that would say, I didn't have that choice. I had to go immediately to my service. And I get that. I completely understand it. But isn't that sort of like a little bit of people, it's like the argument about student loan forgiveness. It's like, I had to pay right. my so student loans. Right, so you should have right. to as well. It's not about whether or not it actually makes sense. It's, it's, it's the reason why hazing continues for some times. Well, I got hazed. So you have to go through it as well. Well, no, it needs to be justified, and this seems unjustifiable, which I, I get it, and I do want to be clear. And it's the same way that academy athletes were not extended a fifth year the way that all other college athletes were. That's the way that the system works there. You're here for four years. When those four years are over, you go out to serve in the military. That's the way it goes. It's not, well, I missed a year due to injury, so I need to get... No, once your four years are up at the academy you go start serving. That's the way that it works. But there's precedent for this. There's precedent for how this works with a student athlete coming from the academy that gets the opportunity to try to make it work professionally. There, there, we've seen this. We've seen it from the other academies. In fact, as, as was stated in the um, statement that was put out by Cam Kinley and his team, on Twitter, and I'll just go ahead and read it for you. They put out a statement about this entire situation. Um, Cameron Kinley says, Recently I was informed that my request to delay my service in order to play in the NFL was denied by the Secretary of the Navy. I have spent the past week processing my emotions as it is very difficult to have been this close to achieving a childhood dream and having it taken away from me. In 2019, President Trump endorsed a policy titled the quote, Directive Type Memorandum, DTM 19011, Military Service Academy graduates seeking to participate in professional sports. This policy allows academy graduates to delay their commissioning in order to pursue professional athletic opportunities. 
2019 was the first year for the policy to be put into action with players such as Malcolm Perry and Elijah Riley, a former uh, uh, Army uh, a college football player who went to the Eagles, reaping the benefits. Currently, I have four other counterparts who have not been denied the opportunity to participate in the NFL. John Radigan from West Point, now with the Seahawks. Nolan Laufenberg from uh, the Air Force, now with the Broncos. George Silvanic from the Air Force, now with the Rams. And Parker Ferguson from the Air Force with the Jets. While, while I acknowledge that these men are from different branches of the armed services, it puzzles me as to why I'm the only person to be done, denied this opportunity. Sure. Agreed. It's really puzzling. So, like, here's a... He, hang on, he goes on. I'll, uh, yeah, I can leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. They're, in a hypothetical... I'll, I'll tell you what, I will retweet his... I retweeted it yesterday, but I'll retweet again his statement. Let's try and, like, draw a parallel, or as close of a parallel, or not that close, but something that we can maybe wrap our minds around. Like, if a... Let's say, for some reason, sports franchises and the players that they had, that they controlled their right to seek outside either employment or opportunities. So, for example, the Los Angeles Angels right. and Mike Trout, they have the ability to say, no, you are our player. We will not let you go try and play football. Okay. Like, let's say that were the well, case. I mean, they certainly attempt to do that. There's no question about sure, that. Sure, but they ultimately don't have the control, right? If Michael Trout wanted to go play football, the Angels could not well, say, we're not going to let you play. It's not right? true. Like, and there might, there, there's they most, li- there's most likely something in the contract so. that does. But it's not as ironclad as, you know, the, the, the service, the military service, mm-hmm. probably. That's probably fair. So, in the same way that them saying, no, you are too valuable to us, Mike Trout, to let you go and experiment with this other thing. Could that be somehow that they, they in think, play here? I mean, could it be? Maybe. I, I, I have no idea, right? What you're alluding to is the idea that it's specifically about Cam Kinley and his particular service or what he's going to offer, and they say these other guys – you know they're not as they're right. not going to be as good as you are. We have to have. We you. have reason to believe it, you are going to be as is, exemplary as any. In the is it is right. it possible? Yeah, I mean it's possible. I have no idea. I I, I don't know the military to be that selective. Like s- that. Yeah, correct. You know what I mean? Like typically it's in case it's like you know equals. And, uh, right. Well, until you get to a certain point in your sure. career, everybody's just kind of a nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like that we just sort of treat everybody as though sure. Um. So I mean I I you know could we find that out? Yeah, I mean it's 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 certainly possible that there I I I don't know nearly enough in order to be able to sure. to say that I I think there could be something to that. Um but I I also can't say it's you know it's impossible as well. Um I it it's 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 so illogical that it feels like the type of thing that the current president should be pressed about. And I get that there are bigger fish to fry, like for the country, and I understand all of those things. And I, I, I would like to, to not nearly have to pay as much for plywood. I mean, like I understand that there are other issues. What's I, the price I, of I plywood right oh, now? It's insane. What did you buy? Two by four? We're talking here. Oh, I, I, I bought a, no, I, I haven't actually bought any of the plywood, but it is one of the biggest. We're like, talking just regular wood, like um, talking 
Ben Shapiro going to Home Depot and getting the plank that, kind of thing. That, that might be the reason why he was only able to get it. That <laughs> might be the reason is because the cost of plywood is out of How control. How much do you need? Frankly, I'm, to understand, it's the reason why the basketball facility was paused at the University of Maryland. Because the cost that, of wood? That was not something that clearly Damon Evans wanted to talk about. Um, but What's that, going on with wood? The I mean, cost I get of supplies like, are are. Un- I guess that sort of industry of is at control. odds with some things in our country, right? So, I, you know, this is just some viral like tweet that went out there, but these, these, this has been backed up by, like, this is not just something that mm-hmm. they compare what it cost six months ago for $1,000 worth of wood. Here's what $1,000 in it's wood. It's like three or four planks, right? On the right? On the, on the one that's $1,000 now. It doesn't look like more well, than... Well, it's, it's not plank. I mean, they're, they're smaller than that. They're a pallet not, of things? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, that's not a lot yeah. of wood. It's it's a drastic difference is the point that people are trying to make. There is a drastic difference. Lots of things. I have a lot of projects. I do, frankly, want to make uh, boards for folding. That is a, something that I would like to do. You need do. boards? It's just to make it so it's flat so you don't yes, have to worry about it. Yes, you definitely don't want it to, to be on a, a non-flat surface. Don't you have that surface. perfectly even surface? Speaking of which, Nick Kelly, you said you wanted to do... What, what did we need in order to make it happen? That's Plywood. what I need. I need boards. <laughs> yeah. I need folding boards is what I need. And I think you can just purchase them somewhere and have them ship. But I specifically, for I need folding? two. I've got the pins. The pins I've got. I need two folding boards that you put the pins on in order to be able to keep them flat. That is my priority now. How does that work? You like, for making folding? Do you happen. have to like nail them into the ground and like make it level yourself? No, I don't. I don't think you go that far. In with theory, it. if you have a, I don't want to get too heavy into the whole. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to do that. Even you're surface, suggesting that they. Oh, I wouldn't do it in the grass either. I would do it okay. like somewhere on a flat surface, okay. and you know, I, I don't. I, something along those lines would be the way that I would go about doing it. The moral of the story. Give us boards. Yes, that the moral <laughs> of the story is that I need some wood. I get that there are bigger problems to deal with, but I do believe that this story is significant enough that someone should be pressuring the Biden administration about it. I I know that you don't ever want to like go against your own secretary of the Navy. You want to show support for the decisions that your military leaders are making, but this doesn't make sense. Someone has to explain why Army and Air Force football players are able to begin NFL careers and Cam Kinley isn't. Someone, an intelligent... And again, it's the Secretary of the Navy, who's the one who made the decision, does not govern the other branches of the military. Sure. So it just might be this particular Secretary of the Navy disagrees. Is it the same one from last I, year I and the don't, year before? I don't right? know like, enough about how the Secretary of the Navy concept works. I'm sorry. It's not. Actually. I know you normally think I'm on top of these things directly. I guess I could find that out fairly simply. We do have the uh, the internet mm-hmm. here, Secretary of the Navy. Secretary of the Navy, I met the former Secretary of the Navy up in Philadelphia once. Uh, the current one is... That got him fired. Yeah, I don't think that was the moment. <laughs> Thomas Harker is the current Secretary of... The, oh, he's the acting. Ooh, so the acting. Maybe I was right. United States. But, th- again, this makes no damn sense. Thomas Harker is an American government official who has served in the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the United States Department of Defense. From Wikipedia. Yeah, I was a trusted source for all the naval information. Harker was nominated by President Trump to serve as an assistant secretary of the Navy 
and was confirmed in December of 2017. So he would have he been was, the acting when this was all passed. He was designated as the acting United States Under Secretary of Defense on June 20th. That's a different title. But he and was then, hang on, on January 20th, 21, he was sworn in as the acting Secretary of the Navy under President Biden. So they both, both know him. And, uh, and he was promoted by Biden. Both presidents appear to be good with him. Right. And I think that might be how it works in the military for the most part. That like you pay your dues and it's supposed to it's right. very much supposed to be non political. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's supposed that's the way it's supposed to work sure. with military positions. But if President Trump was the one who put the Appointed memorandum out and, and th- like, I would think that you would want to line up with that. I think that this current president has to answer these questions. And that's difficult because you don't you don't want to undermine your military leaders. I completely get that. I really do. I in a big picture standpoint, you would never no one would want any president mm-hmm. to to say I know more about military decisions than you... Yeah, believe it or not. I think it might have at some (laughs) point. Um, I know more. Guy who has not served, I know more about military decisions than you do. But there is way too much here that is utterly nonsensical. There are way too many examples of recent Navy football players who were able to do this. You can point out that both Keenan Reynolds and Malcolm Perry specifically were drafted and Cameron Kinley isn't, so you can try to draw some sort of, you know, here's the line of demarcation for that, but it still makes no damn sense. I mean, it just it makes absolutely zero sense, and it's something that they need to answer to, and, and it's wrong to me. I mean, it's, it's flatly wrong. Cameron Kinley is the guy that you want as the face if you're – if you are trying to encourage young people to join the military, I can tell you this as someone who has spoken to Cameron Kinley on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. He's impressive of a kid we've ever talked to. This is the guy you want encouraging other people to take the same path as he did. And not to take anything away from Malcolm Perry and Keenan Reynolds, who are both remarkably, remarkably impressive human beings. Unbelievably Impressive humans. You just kind of get the sense that this can, he can, can do literally whatever he I, wants. You absolutely get the sense that this is going to be a young man that's going to accomplish unbelievable things in his life. Maybe he's going to be named general tomorrow, right? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm going to be surprised by that. I don't think it works that way. I don't think that's the case. But um, I do think that the uh, the current president and his administration need to address this. And it, it there's just there's no way. I can't make sense of Army and Air Force athletes being allowed this opportunity and Navy athletes not. I just, I can't wrap my mind around that. I can't, it would seem to me as though that any possibility for that to be the case, if if the story is that all the military leaders get together, and by the way, a lot of them have already disagreed, but if all the military leaders got together and said, look, we just can't do this. We have to have it so that anyone who goes to an academy immediately serves. I I wouldn't understand that based on precedent, but I would have more understanding for that than I would, well, these guys can, but these guys can't. I got I got nothing. I'm completely befuddled by this being the case for Cam Kinley. It makes zero sense whatsoever. 
Hour number one of today's program is in the books. We uh, are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's show has also been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, J.J. Cooper from Baseball America, executive editor, he's going to join us. They've got new rankings of prospects. they got a new top 100. they got a new number one pitcher. This is a guy we're excited about it. We'll talk to him next, J.J. Cooper. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit 
The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, into hour number two. Oh, boy, easy for me to say. Man, I talk for a living. Into hour number two from the uh, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's show also brought to you by KNS Automotive right here in Hamden. For over 40 years, KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles. With a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service, everything from oil changes to major body work, they've got you covered. Give KNS a call now, 410-235-6660, or go to knsimports.com. That's K-N-S Automotive, knsimports.com. Orioles back in action tonight. It's one of those weeks that I hate. Um, even even when your baseball team is not that good, you still want there to be games being played, and it's one of those weeks where insanely – there's games on Tuesday and Wednesday and no games on Monday and Thursday. It is very stupid. I don't know why these things exist, but it is what it is as they're going to play two against the Mets starting tonight. And with the Orioles in mind, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule today, but the opportunity to catch up with J.J. Cooper from Baseball America here on GCR. Updated prospect rankings. It's um, it's one of our favorite things these days here in Baltimore because, well, it's what we have, frankly. Let's just be honest about that. Joining us now, uh, the man who is, of course, the editor of Baseball America, and uh, they did put out new prospect rankings yesterday, and the Orioles now have the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. In Grayson Rodriguez, J.J. Cooper joins us now here on GCR JJ, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, no problem. How are you doing? Everything is all right. I mean, I, you know, actually, the Orioles have even won four out of five. So, like, you know, it's not it's not as miserable as it had been here in Baltimore. But this is what we got, and so we're super excited about it. Um, I guess let me start with you know the the process maybe being a bit easier for you guys because you actually have baseball to be able to reflect on instead of. You know, just words that you were getting from people that had been at alternate sites last year. That's true, but I, I feel like it'll get easier in a month or two. Because okay. right now, the the real dilemma that we had, this is our first in-season, like, significant update. We've had graduations where we move guys in and all that. But, like, this was a stop, you know, reassess and, and move guys around and move guys in, move guys out, all that. And the problem we're at right now is is, we are at one month of minor league baseball after, like you just said, essentially a year and a half of no baseball. Well, the, the tricky part with that is that kind of that, that question of, okay, we want to properly reflect real changes in ability, real improvements, guys also who aren't as good as maybe we thought they were. Mm-hmm. 
We want to reflect all that. But at the same time, what you don't want to do is overreact to slumps or hot streaks. Sure. And the longer you go, the more data you get, the easier that becomes. But right now, we're right at that point where it could be that someone, you, you have a hitter who's rusty, right? He hadn't played in a very long time in real game action, or a, you know, a fielder who's rusty, or a pitcher who's, you know, gets into games and it's like, okay, it's a little different than just pitching off the mound and throwing to a, you know, to a rap photo or whatever. So we want to both reflect reality, reflect changes, but also not overreact. And that's really tricky right now. I think it's going to be easier in a month. But that said, it's easy to react to Grayson Rodriguez because it's just further confirmation sure. of what we were already seeing. And it's kind of a combination. Grayson Rodriguez has been great. Grayson Rodriguez is showing exceptional stuff. He's throwing strikes with it, all that. And at the same time, the other guys who were kind of in consideration for top pitching prospects in the game, a lot of them have taken a step back or they're hurt. Sixto Sanchez hasn't pitched because he's got a shoulder injury, still prospect eligible because of that. But so you've had kind of Grayson Rodriguez moving up and other guys also moving back a little bit. Sure. So then with Grayson, I mean, he was around 30, if I remember correctly, entering the Mm -hmm. season. I mean, you mentioned the command. Obviously, we've seen his fastball tick up to about 100, and he's seen, I mean, his off speeds look pretty damn good as well. I mean, what has been the biggest differentiator so far this year, or is it just a confluence of all of that that has caused him to rise so far? I don't know really. I mean, again, short of pitching in the majors, I don't know what more you'd want to see from Grace Rodriguez than what we've seen so far. Because he's been really, really good. Now, and I want to say, like, you know, I don't want to make it sound like that D.L. Hall is in a different world than, than Grayson Rodriguez, because he's not. Like, I, I do think that D.L. Hall is probably long-term going to have a little bit more issues with his control and command than Grayson Rodriguez does. But that's a, a, a pretty impressive one, too, because you have Grayson Rodriguez, who, like you said, <laughs> you know, high 90s fastball, solid, you know, really good secondaries potentially plus control as well. And then you have D.L. Hall, who, by the way, whose stuff is every bit as nasty from the left side. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing is, is, you know, and, and I think even maybe even a little bit more, you know, of a, of a pure athlete than Grayson Rodriguez, you're pitching at the same level. The only difference is, is maybe, you know, the, I do think that what you see from Rodriguez right now is, is the consistency of the innings is a little better than the consistency mm-hmm. of D.L. Hall right now. But, D.L. Hall is right now one of the best pitching prospects in baseball as well. Grayson Rodriguez, we are ranked number one. D.L. Hall is not that far behind him. Not sure if you're aware. The Orioles are in the midst of a rebuild, and uh, we currently have (laughs) some questions about the Major League roster and, in general, about the uh, organization's overall timeline. Part of that discussion is sort of centered around, like, the idea of just how quick and ready they would be as Major League contributors once they reach the majors, right? Are, are we at the point now with, I mean, Grayson Rodriguez, it seems maybe, right, with both of these pitchers where when they are called up to the big leagues, it might not be unreasonable to think they would have success right away. I would say I, I kind of look at what the Rays do. You know, if you look at another team in the AL East, the Rays and sometimes rightfully get, you know, hit for that they keep their prospects down longer than ideal, you know, because that means that 
that their service time clock starts a little later and all that. But at the same time, what it also does mean is the Rays often, their pitchers when they arrive in the big leagues are ready to go. The thing I would say is, is I, I would say with that, I, I don't think that if you brought up Grayson Rodriguez and especially if you brought up DL Hall right now, they're not, I, I would not surprise me if they had some issues. We're talking about less than 30 innings in both cases in double A, no time in triple A. I think with as bad as this big league club is for the Orioles right now, there's a logic to saying why <laughs> these guys give them, you know, let's say maybe even it's a half year in double A. Okay, well, then send them up to triple A and let them dominate triple A because triple A is going to give you a different test than what you have in double A. It's a little bit different. You're, you're actually going to have probably a little lesser pure tools along, among a lot of the hitters. But you have older guys. You have guys who are a little bit, you know, a little more savvy. Okay, let them check off that box before you get into the big leagues, because kind of what you're talking about right there. You want these guys when they come up to be able to make that immediate impact, and it's not easy. I, you know, you can to, to just give an example from yesterday. Look at what Jackson Coar did in AAA for the Kansas City Royals. He comes up to the majors and he doesn't make it out of the second. Because I was talking to a scout a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about someone who was having a really good start in AAA, and the scout, who's a good long-term, you know, long-time scout, knows a lot, made the point to me, said, right now, the, the, the gap between AAA and the majors is a chasm. And the point being, what works in AA, what works in AAA isn't necessarily going to work in the majors. And there's some of that that you can't, you, you're going to have to go to the majors to learn those lessons. But beyond that, though, the thing you can do is, is get enough time in the minors to check off as many of those boxes, to learn as many of those lessons as you can before you reach the majors. And I do think the calculus changes if you're talking about a team that's battling for a playoff spot. Well, maybe you do bring that, you know, you bring a guy up a little earlier right, because right. maybe you get that and you take a guy when you're playing for the first pick in the draft. Well, that's a little different calculus. Uh, no question about that. He is J.J. Cooper, executive editor of Baseball America. The new prospect rankings are up. J.J., is it a little bit different when we talk about Adley? Like, is it, and not, again, not suggesting that there's any reason why the Orioles need to bring right. him up. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest that at all. But are we closer to saying, no, when, when it is time, we're confident that he's, he's ready? You know, obviously the first, like, week or two this season weren't great, but... Since then, he's been exactly why it is that you have him number two on this list. And I think even those first two weeks, like what, what it is with Adley is, and this is a credit to him, Adley Rushman understands the strike zone probably better than most of the umpires in, in, in double A. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and by the way, there's not a pitcher who steps to the mound against Adley Rushman who doesn't know that he's Adley Rushman, right? Sure. They're not saying oh, I'm down 2-0, let me throw a fastball and see if I can just sneak it by him. They're, they're not. They're nibbling him. And Adley Rushman, even when he's, you know, even when he was hitting 220, it was 220 with a high on base and a solid slugging. It just was. He wasn't getting a whole lot of pitches to hit. He's doing something whenever he gets a pitch to hit now. And the other thing is, is yeah, I mean, this again, this is a special prospect. He's also really good defensively. And by the way, Talk about the perfect team for him to be on. Okay, let's have you catch 
you know, Grace, now Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. Yep. Great. Yep. That's exactly what, and, and he caught Kyle Bradish, who's a guy who's, you know, sure. further away, you know, further down the list, but kind of an interesting guy. They, they have, they have him in the right spot now, but yeah, like he's one of the surest fire prospects in the minor leagues right now. If, if Adley Rushman doesn't end up being, maybe he, the, 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 if you told me that he didn't end up being a star, that's absolutely possible. If you told me he's not a long-term big leaguer and it's not injury-related or something, I'd be shocked because yeah, yeah. this is something you feel comfortable with. Yeah, JJ, that's not good enough for us. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we need him to be the We were promised star. baseball Jesus once. We need yeah, him the second time. Yeah, you know? that has to happen or else we're going we're gonna to jump. We're going to jump if it doesn't occur. That's the way it's going to go. Um, uh, JJ, uh, you know, unfortunately, obviously, for obvious reasons, you have to drop Heston Kirstad down a little bit. The word from Mike Elias this week is we probably shouldn't expect him to be doing anything baseball-wise this season. As talented as he might be, is there some point where, you know, if, if we're two years in and he hasn't played any organized ball, you're going to have to remove him from this list altogether? Or do you assume the talent is what it is and, and you keep him there in, until for some reason we learn he's not going to play baseball? There's a, unfortunately, there is something that there's lost time, lost development time does have an impact, you know, like again, and it's always a balance, but if, if, if this is a lost season, okay, that's calculated, you know, that's factored in one way, but if it goes in, you know, again, you, you hope for, for one, I just hope for Heston's case that he, you know, that sure. he makes a full recovery, he's fully healthy, you know, and able to return, but yeah, you have to factor this in, and the longer this goes, the the more he probably flies down the list. Because as as you have time where you are away from the game, the game keeps moving on. Yep. And one of the things that makes you a more valuable prospect, and you know, just to be unfortunately cold and cackling about it, is Wander Franco is the best prospect in the game because Wander Franco is going to reach the majors at an age where he's going to have his entire twenties, basically in the major league. Sure. We've seen this with Vladimir Guerrero jr. With, you know, with Ronald Acuna, with Fernando Tatis, you know, jr. All that where you see these guys, if you reach the majors at 2021 and you just keep getting better, well, that's when you become one of the best players in baseball. Here's that obvious coming out of college, but that's fine. Yep. But if he, starts his minor league career as a 23 year old. Well, that's a little different calculus at that point, because it's not like that you just get to skip those levels of development that you were going to have if you were healthy. And so that's going to factor into these discussions and these considerations over the rest of the year. Is the reason, and look, I mean, hard to think you could have a better start to a season than Gunnar Henderson has had, but you mentioned obviously earlier that sample size being still small, you're not really going to necessarily overreact to any performance. Is Assuming this is who he is, this is likely the last time Gunnar Henderson finds himself that low in the top 100? If he keeps this up the rest of the year, he will keep climbing this list. I mean, we heard really good things. Last year, we heard good things in spring training. We're seeing confirmation of that now. Like you said, it's a it's one of those things where the trends are all trending in absolutely the right direction. Now it's just, but if we're talking a month from now and he's still slugging over 600, mm-hmm. if he's still hitting over 300, if he's still playing the defense he's playing, 
yeah, he's going to keep moving up because he's adding to his resume. Um, you know, I, I think you could say the same thing. I, I you know, Jordan Westford, sure, sure. If Jordan Westford keeps this up, I, the knock on Jordan Westford was he started the season at a level where you say, yes, he should dominate that level. Mm-hmm. You know, he should, he should, you, you put him at low A, he should dominate it. He's coming out of the SEC. This is, if anything, maybe a little bit slow for him, but that's in the past now. Now he's at an absolutely age appropriate level. If he keeps doing this, then I, he's not far off this list right now. And we're again, we're going to doing a big, we do our midseason update, you know, in a month mm-hmm. around the futures game. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Jordan Westberg on this list at that point. Wow. Wow. That's what's, uh, what's the ceiling for these guys. Like how high could they potentially rise? I mean, in Gunner's case, <laughs> really high because you, you are talking about, uh, even with the lost season, uh, still a, a, a very young, you know, being drafted out of high school really helps in this, but a really young impact defender with, with real, you know, offensive feeling too. I mean, that's, that's a guy that you describe, like that's top 20, top 30 type, you know, players and you know, prospects in the game. That's kind of what he could be. Now I think he ends up at third, you know, long-term, but as an impact defender at third and impact defender at third are really valuable. I would say Westberg's ceiling probably a little bit, you know, a little bit lower. Um, but at the same time, uh, again, the the other thing I'll say with that is is productive middle infielders, you know, college middle infielders. That's a a really that's a really a, a good blue chip stock to use a really old term. Like that's a that's a Vanguard Index 500 fund where you're like, okay, the chance of those guys not being useful big leaguers is a lot is a lot less than there is a lot of other, you know, if we're talking about Hey, this is a, a 19-year-old pitching prospect who throws 100 with control problems. Well, a lot of those flame out. Jordan Westberg, fewer of those flame out on the way up the up the ladder. JJ, before I let you go, JJ Cooper, executive editor of Baseball America. You mentioned Bradish earlier. Maybe he's this this mm-hmm. guy. Like, is there anybody else that you would say was more off your guy's radar than not that has moved into your radar as we move towards that that midseason update? Okay, so this is where it's tough because also we're going to do, by the way, updated top 30s for every organization. And like, I don't want to, you know, like Bradish, who I think we had 12th coming into the season, Hudson Haskins, we had 21st on the Orioles list. So it wasn't like they were on the radar, but I would right. say in both cases, they are higher profile now than they were when the season began. Okay. Like, Kyle Bradish was not in any discussion for the top 100 before the season. He's not a top 100 guy yet. But he's at least you talk about it now, and he would have talked about it, you know, when we were doing this in January. So that's a guy like that. With Hudson Haskins, he was a really interesting draft pick last year, all kind of tools, but shortened 2020 season, all that. Well, he's living up to that so far. Again, I, not anywhere close to the 100 yet, but keep an eye on him. Taron Barva is another guy when we talk about those productive college middle infielders. He's another guy who checks that box, absolutely checks that box. So I would throw him into that, you know, into that kind of consideration as well. I mean, they have a number of these kind of interesting middle infielders. Not all of them are going to hit, but some of them are. And for a team that's kind of been utterly lacking at shortstop in, in recent years, that's a potentially a, a very useful uh, asset. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, it's at JJCoop36 on Twitter. That's how you follow him. And, of course, if you're not subscribed to Baseball America and you're a baseball fan, I have literally no idea what you're doing with your life. Get your subscription right now. 
Uh, it is such an asset for baseball fans, and especially in a time like this for Baltimore Orioles fans who are looking for a deeper dive to make us feel better about ourselves. Uh, get your Baseball America subscription. JJ, anything else I can plug for you, man? No, it's, again, that's what, you know, we got new stuff coming up. We got our draft rankings, so we're getting ready for next month's draft. We got the uh, an updated 500 with 500 reports that will be up late this week, early next. It really depends on it's just the slog writing all of them. But, you know, that's what we got coming up with updated top hundreds. So we're covering prospects. Got all the college stuff on the site right now. Had great, great regionals last night. Arkansas, yeah. uh, what, a, what a thrilling win. But so a lot of that up at BaseballAmerica.com. Very good. JJ, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Thanks, guys. That's J.J. Cooper, executive editor of Baseball America, checking in with us after their updated rankings came out yesterday. And, uh, again, the four Orioles that are on the list. Five. Five? Did I say? Yeah, he said four. Because it's, it's, it's Rutschman at number two, mm-hmm. Rodriguez at number 11. Hall 44. Right, and then, and then Gunnar Henderson at 90. There's 89 or 90. 89. Are you sure? I am. I don't know if I believe you. Okay, check it out. I don't know if I believe you. I, well, I, I maybe await, I will. I await your admission. Maybe I will. I await maybe your admission. These are the kind of I things will. I just remember for no reason. I have a weird mm. memory with like that kind of stuff, and it's you know it's fine. Mm, we'll find out here. Okay. We'll find out in just one second. We'll find out. Gunnar Henderson, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. comes onto the list at number ninety. Mm. So I was you're an idiot. I saw a different thing. That's great. John Mioli said something different in his tweet. It's all well and good. You're wrong. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm not. You're it's just wrong. Yeah, I'm not. You're wrong. I was wrong about it being four. I did say that. I did mis- misstate that. Well, John Mioli was wrong then. Well, that might be true. I don't he know. Lied to I me didn't look at number eighty-nine. It's all well and good. Oh well and good. I got it right here. It's number ninety. Well, I think you're lying. All right. well, I mean, I'm. I don't know what to tell you. Hang on a second. I'll go pull up another another source. Anyway, um. So, uh, a couple things. One, uh, Brian Powell is our resident Navy guy. He reminds us that uh, Noah Song, the pitcher that was drafted by the Red Sox, that was thought of very highly, was also denied the opportunity um, in order to go and pursue. So, it's not... It's it's not, not it's not unprecedented even after this policy was he sort was of rewritten. Of. Uh, he was incredibly well thought of. The reason he fell of. was because of this. Yes, question. he was incredibly well thought of as a pitcher. There's no debate about that. Um, does point out that Cam Kinley was commissioned as a Marine officer and Malcolm Perry was not commissioned as a Marine officer, and that might very well have something to do with it. That might be closer to what your theory is about one just being better than the other. Um, I I don't you know I don't know I I I I don't know I don't know nearly enough. It's still it's a really friggin' weird bit, man. It's a really friggin' weird bit, and it it needs to be addressed. And there just needs to be more. Th- this hurts them because if if you don't know that you can pursue your dream afterwards, it is a reason to say, well, maybe I won't sign up. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm better off going the FCS route. It, they, they need to have a clearer policy. The idea of, well, we just get to arbitrarily decide who does and who doesn't, not okay. Not okay. There need to be defined rules in place. What are the rules? 
Yeah, what are the rules? What are the rules? They need to do that. That that's that's the only thing I can say related to that. And again, I get it. I don't I am by no means a military expert, nor would I like to pretend that I am because I'm a dummy, but that seems pretty simple to me that they need to get that cleared up. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, They're celebrating their 25th anniversary right now at Glory Days Grill, and you benefit as they've got for you an amazing seasonal menu, including the smoky thigh wings. I've had them on multiple occasions. They are marvelous. They also have the um, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, so much more. And you can win a trip to Devil's Backbone among many great prizes as they celebrate their 25th anniversary. Get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill or visit glorydaysgrill.com in order to find out more. I just want to take a minute here. I got a few other things I want to get to on today's show, but I just want to take a minute here to reflect on um, the passing of Jim Fossil. Jim Fossil, uh, for some reason you did not hear, um, has died at the age of 71. Um, Two significant connections, obviously, to the Ravens. The first being he was their offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Um, He had come in as a consultant in 2004, and he was elevated to offensive coordinator. Um, Brian Billick had been serving in the role himself for a little while, ended up uh, promoting his friend Jim Fossil to offensive coordinator for the 2005 and 2006 seasons. Of course, um, 2006 being... Decent little year. Yeah, not a, not a bad uh, season for the Baltimore Ravens offensively. Um, the other connection, obviously, being that he was the coach of the Giants. And the Ravens defeated the Giants in Super Bowl 35. Jim Fossil was a very kind um, man. I had many opportunities to chat with Jim Fossil asked, over the years. Um an incredibly kind man. I know he had dealt with, um, you know, some personal uh, demons, like a lot of people do, related to addiction uh, during the course of his life. But to my understanding, um, never impacted the quality. His quality as a human being was never impacted once. And I want to make that. I think, unfortunately, there is still so little known about addiction, and it's still thought of in certain ways. And I'm not. I'm not. I don't know nearly right. enough about Jim Fossil to know where he was. Sure. You know, I we've talked to him a few, a few last probably. Yeah, yeah, in the last few was, years, yeah. we had we had we had been in touch, but yeah. I I don't know. I can I I know that it's something that he had dealt with no doubt. um in his life. I can't tell you if it's something that he was dealing still dealing with to this day. 71 is still way too young mm-hmm. to lose someone. Um Jim Fossil was was impactful. Um, in in the football community, obviously he was a heck of a football coach. He led a team to a Super Bowl. Still a coach. Okay. Yeah, John, absolutely. Um, I I I can only tell you that I I greatly enjoyed the conversations that I had with Jim Fossil over the years, and it was it did it saddened me a great deal to learn that he had passed away this morning, um, and that there there wouldn't be more conversations sure. with Jim Fossil because he was somebody that I thoroughly. You know, while a lot of times when we would talk to Jim Fossil, it would try to be about something specific, and mm-hmm. he would be very uncomfortable specifically talking about that. Like, look, man, I'm I'm not really paying all that much attention to it. I would broadly learn more about football every time we talked to Jim Fossil over the years, and I will greatly miss that. Um, safe home to Jim Fossil, who has passed away at the age of 71. We are scheduled to chat yes. with Brian Billick tomorrow. Yeah, Brian Billick yes. will join us tomorrow to talk more about his friend, uh, Jim Fossil, and former Ravens offensive coordinator. Uh, we'll come back in. We've got a lot more to do on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bella Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the 
Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. By the way, I misstated that when I was talking about uh, Jim, the timeline with Jim Fossil. Yes, I, in, in Jim Fossil replaced Matt Cavanaugh, and then after um, Brian Billick fired Jim Fossil, he just pr- had him. He took over the offense at that point. Um, until uh, I believe they hired Rick Neuheisel was the next on the list of Ravens offense coordinators. It's been 15 years, man. It's amazing. Uh, time, uh, time, time certainly getting away from me and my brain not functioning at the same level. But safe home, Jim Fossil. All right. Uh, it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's program Brought to you by, well, I'd just say Chesapeake Employers Insurance, your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Uh, a couple of other things that I had on my list for today. One, there is a report out this morning, and I'll make sure I credit it correctly, about the future of the college football playoff. Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports reports that a 12-team model is the one that's leading the way as far as an overhaul of the college football playoff. I read this from Pete Thamel at Yahoo Sports. The inevitability of the college football playoff expanding has been embraced around every corner of the sport, from the academic ivory towers, the athletic departments, to the locker room, and evolution. All right, blah, blah, blah. The next three weeks offer a critical period in charting what the future of the college football playoff will look like. A pair of CFP meetings are expected to decide a specific recommendation with a final decision Details and television contract determined later in the fall. Yahoo Sports spoke to more than a dozen stakeholders Monday on every side of the playoff decision. University officials, athletic directors, media executives, and others around college sports. Amid those conversations, a surprise emerged. Officials on campuses, in conference offices, and in the television world have expressed an openness toward a 12-team playoff as the most likely result. While it's unfair to say momentum is built toward a 12-team playoff before, models have presented to the commissioners or presidents. The 12-team model has emerged as the favored outcome over the 18-team playoff within the industry. We can make this much more money. Yeah, I mean, at this point, why not just make right. it 16? Why not make it? So, um, so would the let me get to the get point. Buys? It, it is says, that how that would go? The, yeah, well, presumably, yes. So um, just, just the, why a 12-team field is more juice than eight schools. How has a 12-team model become the presumptive favorite? Well, its potential emergence wins through the complex... Let's start with that line. Jesus Christ, man. I I just want to know the answer. Uh, Somebody tweeted it uh, in a concise manner. Uh, oh, it makes me so... In the current four-team college playoff model, all four teams are at large. In a majority of the 18... Majority of the 18 models that have been projected, there'd likely be five or six automatic bids. That means a decrease in at-large bids which would not be of much interest to the SEC or even Notre Dame. Is this the official release? Which, what? Is this the, is this no, this the, is a story the, written by Pete Thamel. Okay. This is the NCAA's no, they're not, official they're release not, no, being no. like, look, we need Notre Dame which, in this thing. Which could, which could perceive the expanded playoff as having less access. I mean, there was a look. The, the Pac-12, an entire group of five to counter, would likely not be interested in expansion without t- some type of automatic bids. Another snag that makes some uncomfortable with eight teams is who'd get left out. If there are six automatic bids, for example, a team ranked number four or number five could theoretically be left out, and a team ranked number 18, for example, makes the field. That scenario makes some uncomfortable. 
giant wanking motion. But the net result is still a win for fans. Uh, to some extent, it's a win for fans. I understand fans, right? the odds that these top teams are going to be getting upset by the 18th ranked team of the country are slim, right? Like, well, there's a there's a few things here. There's a there's a few things here. One, there should be no playoff without every team at least having a chance to be a part of it. Sure. That there is something in play to make sure that every team in the country, mm-hmm. when the season begins, has a chance to be a part or to compete for a national championship. I've said this for some time. That is, it is utterly ridiculous that a sport would exist in which you are announcing loudly, even if you win all of your games, Mm -hmm. you cannot compete for a championship. It is the antithesis of what competition is supposed to be. Competition at every level is supposed to be something you can control. If you win all of your games... If you do everything you're supposed to do, you can be the champion. Every year, UMBC basketball knows they can win the national championship. It's more difficult than it is for Duke, but they can Not do anymore. it. Coach K's oh, gone. Yeah, right now, now every, it's wide. It's Duke and UMBC basically the exact same now. They know they can. They know every year that there is a path for them to be able to win a national championship. And while we have not really seen mid-majors break through and win a national championship, obviously, you know, we've seen Butler get close. Wichita State was – now these teams have have moved into higher power conferences since then, then, but George Mason, of course, made it to the Final Four. And this lays the groundwork for opportunity for those other teams to move up as well, right? Like, you would have – if let's say well, they, they wouldn't have to is the point and that's we need to get back to that the point being every team needs to know you have a chance and so if you it just happens to be a magical year for memphis and i'm not suggesting that it will mm-hmm. be but if it happens to be a magical year for memphis where they are that good they have that special of a quarterback that they know they will get the opportunity to compete for a national championship now, it's still complicated because not every conference champion is going to get in. Correct. Even the 12-team model will presumably only guarantee one spot to a non-power right. conference. Which is, again, the reason they would still want to move up. Right? It, like, like, they would still be interested. Well, if, you, still, if, if you're good enough, you can. Right, yeah. Like If you want to, you can. But the point being that there should every team should have the Even below Memphis, if Louisiana Lafayette happens to be that good... That they now th- there will there will be a greater right? like, it, but there'll be a greater issue if you have multiple undefeated power conference course. or non-power conference teams, and that has happened before. And if only one spot in the playoff is guaranteed to a non-power conference team, there will be an issue at some point because both Western Michigan San and State. San Diego State will finish undefeated, and there will be a question as to who's more deserving. They'll come up with some computer formula that will decide it, who played the Which more difficult schedule. Well all the time in history. And, and that, that will create a problem. But at least, theoretically, it will allow for that opportunity. I would not want... I would guarantee that any undefeated team in a non-power conference should be given a spot in a 12-team playoff if you're going to go that far. Especially if it's like, it would be awkward if it's a situation where you have two top 10, right? Wow. Two top 10 Mo- undefeated. Non- it's very rare for an undefeated five. non-power team to get into the top 10. Wasn't it's very rare. It's not impossible, but it's USF, rare. right? Like they did it, I think. Uh, or UCF. UCF is right. who you're thinking of. I think they were On around the, the top like 10. 12. I don't know if they were actually in the top 10 or not. It would be. It's very rare. Like it's just it's difficult for that it. to be the case. But the moral of the story being, at least 
Now, that was the only reason to do – that, by the way, was the biggest reason to do an A-team playoff is to guarantee spots for all con- all the power conference champions and one spot to a non-power conference team, and then you have two more at-large bids from there. Um, I have no I have no concern whatsoever that the SEC might not be able to get three or four teams in I'm in the other scenario. It me. does nothing to for me. And the idea that you say, well, this is why the SEC might not get on board. Well, if all the other conferences are on board – the, the, you're They're almost so you're almost getting wonky with this. You're almost getting to the point where we say, "Look, we're going to make sure that the non-power conference teams can get in, but we're not going to let them play Alabama." I mean, come on, man! Like they can get in, and we'll give them a matchup against the fifth team. In we'll do that, but we're not letting them be one of the final eight. Letting them be a national quarterfinalist? No, we're not doing that. This almost feels punitive in that way. It's also it it strikes against all of the things that you've tried to argue for why the it they fought against even adding it to eight teams because it would add another game. Mm-hmm. Now imagine the fifth seed in this twelve team tournament. Three games before they would win the championship. Correct. Yeah. Like you're add like you're going even a step beyond. They now might have to play four more games, a, an entire regular season, conference championship game. And four more games four after that. Three. three. No, it'd be four. If you're the fifth seed, yeah. you'd have to play the twelve seed, the four seed, the you know, the whatever you would play after the one seed, and then the th- the two seed in the championship game. Like it yeah. it's essentially a round of sixteen that just four teams aren't playing in. So from the sweet sixteen, there are four games. It's four more games for a potential five seed. Now, how likely is it that a five to twelve seed will end up, you know, making the championship game? Maybe not all that likely, but Maybe it's the potential. You're going from no more than two games to the potential for teams. You have to play at least three in order to win a national championship, and you might have to play four. It seems pretty extreme if you think that you're asking for too much of guys that aren't getting paid. Now, maybe you think some of the trade-off is that name, image, and likeness is coming, and so you don't feel so bad about that any longer. And it might be that the NFL likes it because they're expanding their season to 17 games and they want rookies to be more prepared for a 17-game season and rookies have struggled to be prepared for a 16-game season in the NFL. So this might be in concert with the NFL saying, who's always, of course, loves college football because it's their feeder system, it's their minor league, it's the reason why they don't have to have one, um, saying, yeah, add more games. We want these teams playing more games so that the rookies, when they come in, are ready for the jump to a 17-game regular season and the playoffs. Yes, please, by all means, add more potential games for college athletes to play. We're totally on board with that. I'm not drastically opposed to 12 teams versus 8. I don't think it's the end of the world. I also don't... It doesn't come off as necessary to me, and I do think that at some point you are lessening your own product. Well, somebody would say, well, is it less than the NCAA tournament? There are, you know, 68 teams. No, but it lessens that we are not as inclined to be interested in the first four games. Like, you, you know, the notion that we treat the first four games the same way that we treat the actual first still think it might be different two days football. of the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to be right. higher profile teams and they're going to be big, more big matchups in this first round. I don't debate that whatsoever. All right. And the math would work out that it's going to have to be around the holidays. It's going to have to be around times where we are a little bit distracted. I don't know if they're going to be on campus or not. Like the students aren't there at that point. 
There, there are other things here. I don't think it's the end of the world. I'm not telling you no, but it does seem unnecessary to me. It seems unnecessary. Necessary. Is it yes, necessary? Right, right, right. Drink my own urine. Yeah, correct. Um, it, it doesn't seem like you have to go straight from four to twelve. It would seem like you okay, could. It seemed logical yes, always, but it always seemed logical to know, me. I, I, and the, I, the, the idea of who's getting left out. I, there's nobody right now that is going to be outside. So what you're saying, what their concern is, if you make them all automatic bids, right, that the Pac-12, let's just say it's another down year for the Pac-12, and maybe it happens to be a down year for the Big 12 or the Big 10 champion or the ACC champion, right, that now Michigan, that now, if you uh, combine in, yeah, that hasn't happened. You combine in guaranteeing a spot to the Power 8, that you could be talking about three conference champions getting in none of which are among the top eight teams so you could be leaving out the the sixth best team in the country could end up not making this playoff but has there ever been a time where we felt like it was a travesty that the sixth best team in the country wasn't in the national championship conversation probably not i I just that this is so different than college basketball i don't know i don't know there's not many years there's like three undefeated teams and no you know there aren't there aren't that many years where that becomes an issue. I can't think of any where we felt that way about the sixth best team. Now, if if this is about reimagining college football and the playoffs in general and, and trying or, to make it or, into more of a or making the the playoffs matter more and the regular season matters less. The one of the great things about college football is how important every week of the regular season has been. And but that isn't if you want us to rethink it so that a team losing three games shouldn't be that big of a deal, okay. But you can't do that. There's not enough teams involved. The college basketball either. regular season is utterly irrelevant. It's utterly irrelevant. Now, it's the greatest tournament that's ever been known. But the, the regular season is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. No one cares except for the one team that you root for. And when you, you are not inclined to watch any other regular season college basketball at any point during the course of the year. However... On Saturday nights, you're inclined as hell to watch a big-time college football matchup. If you further expand it, you can't do it without diluting that to some extent. Now, I get it. There's a fine line between those two things. I'm not saying that going to 12 teams immediately completely dilutes and nullifies the college football regular season. It does, right? Like, it's still a small enough number where, with you mentioning the number of at-large teams that would be involved. But at some point, it does. At some point, it does because one of the great things is that we know that the result of the game could literally be the difference in whether this team has a chance to play for a national championship. And if that's not the case any longer, that goes away. You can't ignore that. There's still only so many games, and they're all still going to feel big, big crowds, the whole deal. But you can't ignore that there will be dilution of the regular season in the process. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, screaming about it being 12 teams, but it just seems like it's not necessary right now. You're doing more than you need to. Go to eight, see how it works. If you find out that this becomes a problem, then you go ahead and make the move to 12. Would seem to be the way that I would handle it. And just to follow up, um, yesterday as we were chatting with Greg Rosenthal, it was brought to my attention. I had, I as I told you guys, I had somebody reach out to me in the football circle or in the football world that knew that I wanted the Ravens to go get Julio Jones, and he texted me on Sunday, and he said, 
uh, uh, and I don't even have the text in front of me. Bummer, bummer. I know you're bummed. What would you think about Chandler Jones? And I was like, what? I'm like, where does where does that come from? And then, as I was trying to find a different story that Lock and Fora had written yesterday, I happened to find out that he had written some hypothesis piece about maybe the Cardinals thinking about move. Apparently, there's no guaranteed money left on Chandler Jones' contract. I don't understand why and they're moving on. Like, what reason would they have to say we're done with you? Well, because they don't want to give him another big money, money contract after a year in which he was hurt and for the first five games did not perform up to nearly up to Chandler Jones. I mean, in fairness, that's an insanely high bar. That's a ridiculously high sack, bar. One of the most yes, correct. sack people. I think the most. I mean, for the four years before that, I mean, he was in the neighborhood of 60 sacks. He has uh, headed many a list for trivia. Yes, that also sack. is true related to Chandler Jones. Um, and then apparently he didn't show up for OTAs, and there was some thought that that he was unhappy. And I mean, if you don't have any guarantee money left on your deal, you could understand that. You'd want to force their hand to say, it's time to pay me again. Um, I know I had a down year last year, but I'm still Chandler Jones. I'm not, I'm not elderly at this point. I want to pull this up. I think he's 31. 39, 39 maybe. I think he's 30. I think he's, he is 31. Okay. So, you know, he's approaching that time, but I can understand why he would still want some more money. So Chandler Jones did show up this week to their practices which I don't know where that leaves anything, and I tried poking around, and I didn't get the sense that there's a lot there. It's more kind of confusion. It's understandable that Chandler Jones would say, I'm, I'm 31 right now. This, this might be it, my yeah. last chance to do it. I want to force their hand to trade me to a team that's willing. If they're not willing to pay me now, I want to guarantee I'm going to get paid. Waiting even another year mm-hmm. could be problematic for me because now I'm going to be 32. You know what I mean? Like that, that, That's the way that that works. This could be it. This could be the only chance that I have to find a team that wants to give me one more three, maybe two-year extension, if you will. They'll take the $15 million this year and two more years worth of paying me. And if the Cardinals aren't willing to do that, then I want them to give me to a team that's going to be willing to do that. I don't know if there's anything to it. He, He did show up. So, you know, I guess there's thought that that, that might say he's not going to force anything or become a problem, but it's interesting, and it's just something that I'll continue to monitor because those circumstances are very unique and very specific in relation to Chandler Jones. Let's do a finish this. Finish this is brought to you today by Window Nation. They have an amazing offer for you right now at Window Nation, 50% off all styles of windows, all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. Unbelievable offer. 866-90-NATION. Visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. All right. Uh, from uh, ocalanews.com. It's, of course, Oklahoma, Alabama newspaper. What's that? Oklahoma, Alabama No, it's newspaper. Ocala, Florida. Is a, is mm-hmm. a, it's a town in Florida, Ocala. Uh, blank Ocala woman. Florida woman. Fine, Florida woman. I'm good with that. Blank Florida woman. Blanked after blanking a blank two words. 
in a blank. Naked Florida woman arrested after donning a zebra outfit in a Winnebago. Naked is correct. Naked part is correct. You got that one. Naked Florida woman. Um, married. Mm-hmm. After mistaking oh. a... Is that one or two words? Hot dogs? Uh, I, I I don't know how we've come. I don't know as a society how we've come around on that. Honestly, pick one. I think it's one word. Right. Personally, a hot dog outfit. No, after mistaking a hot dog. Nope. Gonna rewind it all. Okay. Naked Florida woman uh, mocked after mocking a wide receiver to the Ravens. Ah, in a draft. Ah, that's, well, I mean, <laughs> hang on a second, though. They've taken a lot of wide receivers in recent years. Did she just pick the, the wrong one? Is that what happened? She thought it was going to be Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Naked Florida woman. Um, undressed. That makes sense. Yes. After leaving a burning building in a... Vespa? Uh, okay, give me number one to five. Okay. I would like four. Mm, I was hoping you wouldn't choose that. Steakhouse. Okay. Naked Florida woman. Uh, sated. S-A-T-E-D. Mm-hmm. After eating... A entire steakhouse. Oh wow! In a minute. Oh my God! Why would we? Well, she's a bit of a problem. Well, I mean, I'm fair enough, but I I don't know, man. I feel like we should probably sign her up to compete. It was a That's... little. It was a little steak. Oh, a tiny steakhouse. Yeah. You're saying it wasn't. She's it was not a miniature. On, it was a she's miniature. not on a, like a Kobayashi level. Correct. Is what it you're was suggesting. Like a mini figurine. Okay. Yeah. No is the answer. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Naked Florida woman. Intrigued after discovering okay a oh sexy damn it steakhouse. you're gonna be mad at me it's an before the two words it's not a an although you said entire so like you 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 missed this messed this up anyway so it's not entirely on me it's no, on it's you on too you. It's no it's an naked Ford woman uh what did I say with the first one that was a good one I don't remember I'm sorry I was caught off guard. <sighs> Yeah, right. and it wasn't correct. So I don't care about correct. I know naked I know Florida that. woman. All right, uh, naked Florida woman. I said intrigued. Mm-hmm. Intrigued. Yes. After, after discovering. discovering. Yes. In an in an yeah same thing. Discovering don't be such in, an hog. Discovering a yeah who uh, discovering in her in e. Elastic. Oh, an elastic steakhouse. Okay. In a. Well, this is getting tough. Oh. In a ditch. Now I get it. I get it. Really weird. Would be a headline. Really weird. Yeah. Number one to four. We got to move along. We got to two. Two. Uh, destroying. Naked Florida woman 
tickled Ooh. after destroying an illegal steakhouse ah. in a sting. Ah, give me a number one to three. You're saying that was wrong. No. Three. Rampage. Hell of a movie. Sure. <laughs> it was a fun video game. Yeah, I mean, that part I agree with. Uh, naked Florida Woman. He was also a fine UFC fighter for a little while. Yeah. Naked Florida Woman. And apparently the new uh, uh, AW uh, wrestling show on Friday nights on TNT. Of course. Naked Florida Woman. Um, unfazed. Ah. After destroying an infamous ah. steakhouse in a ramp. What if I told you it was a proper name? I don't really know what that means. What do you mean? The steakhouse. Had a proper name. Sir? <laughs> you not know what a proper name <laughs> It means like an official name, like a person's name is, or a, a business's name. Okay. Uh, naked Florida woman, uh, disappointed okay. after destroying an Arby's steakhouse <laughs> Arby's steak. in a rampage. Naked woman, naked Florida woman tased after destroying an Outback steakhouse in a rampage. Hmm. You should have told me uh, to capitalize this, I would have gotten it, you know? Right, I said it was a proper name. Yeah, I said That sir. was what I said. Nailed it. An Ocala woman was charged with aggravated battery after being found naked and erratically throwing bottles at Outback and Mojo Grill near Silver Springs. We're just going to omit them. Huh? Yeah, I don't know anything about the Mojo Grill. An Ocala Police Department officer responded to the Mojo Grill on Silver Springs Boulevard because of reports of 53-year-old Tina Kindred, quote, acting out of control, on Good last name. The report stated the female was topless and banging on tables. Now, that's not that's naked. That's not naked, yeah. That's not naked. Right. I do have a problem with that. And uh, banging on tables and windows. Kindred had flipped over a few tables and was last seen trying to get into a customer's car. Kindred was found driving recklessly in the parking lot before exiting the parking in lot. Whose according car? I don't have that answer. According to the sheriff's report, prior to officers arriving at the Mojo Grill, another call was received of a similar incident. The call was from the Outback Steakhouse on the same road. Crikey, mate. We've got a lady in the parking lot. She's topless. Thank you. Nailed it. Nailed Slipping it. cars, huh? The call reported Kindred arrived naked and acting crazy while breaking things in the if bar. she was acting sane, would it have We been? have video. Well, it's going to be blurred. The officer on... Well, yeah, I mean, sure. The officer on scene opened the front doors of the business and saw glass and liquid all over the bar. Kindred was found naked with bottles in her hands. When she noticed the officers, she drew back her arm with a bottle of liquor in her hands. Kindred then threw the bottle at the officer, and the officer was able to dodge it. How many bottles does it transition from being, okay, a bad lady, to being like, wow. No, this isn't video. It's a a still frame from the video. How many bottles can you hold at once? Bottles? Yes. I'm not describing what kind of bottle. It could be a beer bottle. It could be a wine bottle. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it's a beer bottle, probably like four in each hand well you got this 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 and this yeah i think you might be able to get two or maybe maybe I can. maybe yeah maybe thumb. like i mean i'm saying do i have what do i have to do with them do i have to do I you have gotta to throw them at the outback steakhouse well if i have to throw them no i'm not going to be able but to one at a time you gotta like you can i guess you have to hold them yeah you got it yeah that's not gonna tough. work dog it's not gonna work I can make no, it no you couldn't no you could you could hold them in between your legs also well that's now that is different conversation yeah. altogether that's a good point you're mm-hmm. right about that uh, I thought there was going to be video. I was actually, I was, I was interested in seeing what this looked like. I think, that's on, I think that's on the other website. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I would have assumed they would have, uh, they would have blurred out what exactly it was that we were seeing. But there you go. That's our finish this for today. All right. Uh, if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan uh, caught up with Jack Voigt, former Oriole. It is available right now by going to facebook.com/slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com. 
Stan Shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Free analysis available right now if you call 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com. Tomorrow night, Stan and Gary Stein are going to do a special show looking ahead to the BMW Championship, which is coming to Caves Valley in August. So that'll be tomorrow night at uh, facebook.com slash Sports. Tidbit brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right, tidbit of the day, of course. Well, uh, Ravens didn't get Julio Jones. Sorry. I know we were yeah, all we hoping. You, just praying. Weren't, we, you weren't here. I don't care. This is my turn. Oh, okay. That means, well, they got the guys they got receiver. We'll see what happens. They Can't did extend. Notice ratings for today's show way lower. Interesting. They did extend Gus Edwards. We like that. Uh huh. Yeah, Edwards happy for Gus. I like Gus. Since entering the NFL in 2018, has gained yards on 89.1 percent of his 414 carries, the most of any player in the NFL in that span. So we How about hope that? that trend continues as he'll be sticking around for. Dos más años. All he ever does is run the ball forward and rarely and fumble. Now catch some passes as well. Uh, so that's good. We mentioned Chandler Jones as well. And we know the Ravens don't necessarily prioritize big name pass rushers. So why is that? They've had success without them, right? They have the second most quarterback pressures in football in the past two years. So there's been success getting home, despite maybe not sacking them for Baltimore without those big names. Maybe Julio Jones could have both sacked the quarterback and caught the football, so maybe they could have tried to do two things with him. But as far as catching the football goes, well, yeah, pretty damn good. Yeah. He is the fifth, or excuse me, sixth. Oh, we're still doing Julio. The sixth. This is a good trivia. The sixth most productive NFL wide receiver in terms of yards before switching teams for the first time. Sixth. Most productive yards before switching teams. So his 12,896 yeah. yards with the Atlanta Falcons, his yeah. first team, of course, are sixth most for a player before changing teams in NFL history. So so I'll guess Jerry Rice. Top of the list, 19,247 before going to Oakland. Um... I'll and again, this is tough because you have to remember which player has got like right. a cup of coffee right. maybe at the right. end. I'll say I'll still try Randy Moss. It is not Randy Moss. Okay. He was younger in his career, obviously, he when he left. But I, he did put up a lot of yards. It would not have surprised me. Um, I'll say Steve Smith. Not Steve Smith. I'll still say it, though. I just no, want you to fine. know that. I'll still, I'm still going to say Steve Smith. No, How about Andre Johnson? 13,597. You remember where he went? Was it Tennessee or Indianapolis? It was Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I knew it was within the division. Um, how about... How about... Didn't Torrey Holt end up somewhere else at the end? Uh, maybe, but he is not on this list, though. Just want to... I just want to check that for myself and, and know what the answer to that is. Tory Holt. Tory Holt did. He went to Jacksonville for one year at the end of his career. Seems really odd. 
So the numbers are all higher than 12,660? They are. All higher than 13,000. Wow. Okay. Um, who else went somewhere else? No, for what it's worth, all names remaining except for one yeah. are Hall of Famers. All names remaining except for one are Hall of Famers. How about Tony Gonzalez? It is not Tony Gonzalez. This is wide receivers. Oh, it's just wide receivers. Yeah. Okay. Um, did Andre Reed end up somewhere else at the end of his career? That he did. I'm trying to remember where he went. What guess? Thirteen thousand and ninety-five for Reed. Went to. Where did he go at the end? He went to. From Buffalo to. Yeah, I know Buffalo. Did you know that? Did he end up as a Redskin? I feel like everybody was a Redskin. That he did. Yeah. Ended All up right. in Washington. All right. Two names remaining. These are number two and three on the list, respectively. Two and three on the list. Both more than 14,000 for their first teams. Did, did Isaac Bruce end up somewhere else? 14,109 for Bruce before heading... Two? I vaguely remember this. Isaac Bruce. This is one of the ones I remember most, probably. Finished his career. Like, I can see him in the uniform, even though it was just, you know. The 49ers? That it was. Yeah. All right. And who else played for another team? Tim Brown? Indeed, it was the great Tim Brown, who put up 14,734 before going to. Tim Brown ended up with. Patriots? No. Tim Brown. The Buccaneers. Ironically, yes, it was the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Buccaneers. Yes. That is I, correct. I have confused those two yeah. of time or two in recent years. So there you go. All right, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad trivia. Uh, we're hoping that Justin Tucker never ends up on another team. I can't imagine why he ever would, but in the meantime, what really does matter is that he's going to be at Tucker Fest. On June 27th, Jerry's Toyota, you can get your picture, autograph, meet and greet tickets right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. The day itself is a free family fun event at Jerry's Toyota. You can get, um, uh, you know, you can come out and participate in the cornhole tournament. You can throw uh, balls trying to knock Jeremy Conn in the dunk tank, raise some more money for the Brigance Brigade. You can just enjoy the live music from Joey Harkham, Dave Teeth, the food trucks, the other event. There's just going to be so much happening at Tucker Fest. June 27th at Jerry's Toyota, great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com to find out more. Tubular brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. Final week for you to get this one with John Means on the cover. And then uh, we got a new issue for you next week. As I told you yesterday, Talia Tungavailoa is on the cover of the next issue of Pressbox, which will be available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, under uh, other hundreds of locations where you find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com. Again, find this issue, which John means on the cover right now, for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular. Uh, cover a few things. The Orioles, as I mentioned, are back in action tonight. They host the Mets, 7 o'clock on Masson. David Peterson, Bruce Zimmerman, the pitching matchup. Masson and Fox Sports 1 both have Nationals Rays at 7. MLB Network, Cubs Padres at 10. ESPN Game 1 of the Women's College World Series Final, Oklahoma, Florida State at 7.30. 
what a run for James Madison. Really cool story over the last week or so. Just a bummer that it didn't get them into the final. Uh, coverage of the French Open continues. Sasha Zverev. Alexander Zverev. He's in action right now. And then the big one, uh, the big semifinal, probably the best, or the big quarterfinal, the best of all the quarterfinals, uh, Medvedev Tsitsipas coming up later on this afternoon. Uh, TNT. I love Tsitsipas sauce. Yeah, that's one that you always go to. Thank you for that dynamite contribution. I do enjoy uh, Siki sauce, by the way. I'm a big fan. Uh, TNT, uh, Hawks Sixers, Game 2 at 7.30. Jazz Clippers, Game 1 at 10. NBC Sports, Washington, Minnesota Lynx, Washington Mystics at 7. And CBS Sports Network, Dallas Wings, Phoenix Mercury at 10. NBCSN, Lightning Hurricanes, Game 5, 6.30. Golden Knights Avalanche, Game 5 at 9. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights, if you will. Ooh, now 8 o'clock tonight on PBS, there is an hour-and-a-half documentary on the great Sam Cooke called Sam mm, Cooke Legend. Not the punter. No, of course. No, the other there's one. another C-O-O-K-E for this one, and uh, that should be good. Uh, there is, if anyone's into this, Lego Masters on Fox. You know, we'll love on that. Uh, Food Network has chopped, 9 o'clock. Uh, on the late night front, uh, Manuel. We, we've decided to give the new ma- the, so it, because we haven't had any Master Chef Junior in our lives for some time. Okay. We've decided to take a stab at regular Master Chef for the first time. It's not nearly the same. Not sure, yeah. it cannot like compare. Chopped Kids is a different animal than Chopped. They're both fun. Eh, if you say so, I've never watched either one of them. Oh, look at um, I just haven't. I'm not. It's not great. I don't know. Uh, but we enjoyed it so far. I mean, it was it, like the first episode we had Emerald, and so it was going to be better for sure because he's Emerald. Um, Bam. Yeah, there's a lot of that. It, it's less of what I don't like about the. I don't like what I love about Master Chef Junior is it forces Gordon Ramsay to just not be a raging a hole, and that that that's just I've never that's not a thing for me. So I don't know if that's coming in regular Master Chef, like that at some point. He'll turn into a raging a-hole because he's it's dealing season, with adults. It's like episode four normally, I think. Is that what, normally when it happens? Story arc, yeah. Like, so far, he's been a decent fellow. They're trying to rebrand him. It's nice, I think. He's doing, like, that whole travel show on National Geographic where he okay. goes around and does the Bourdain I just, I'm just telling you that okay. the Gordon Ramsay losing his mind thing and belittling people has never been something. Like, I, there's no, you know, if he wants to do it, he can do it, but it's just not been the it's thing. It's worked okay for him. Yeah, oh, he's been okay. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It just doesn't It doesn't do it for me, is the point. Uh, what else we got? Um, uh, Maya Erskine and Anna Kunkel, of course, the star ah. of Pen15. I'll be on is that, Kimmel tonight. Wh- oh, I don't I mean, know what that means. I don't know. They're, I mean, they're, mean, they're a duo, right? Like They do stuff. Like Ironically, I was rewatching. I think I told you this. Big Time in Hollywood, Florida, the hilarious oh, yeah, yeah, Comedy yeah. Central show. And they just showed up in that. It was like, oh, my gosh, they're a package deal forever before they even had a show. Um, I don't know what they're promoting, but that's on tonight on ABC. Bill Cower is on Seth Meyers. He's got a book coming out. Um, You're a Wallflowers fan, right? I I mean, I I certainly. Bring Down the Horse, one of the greatest records ever made. They're on Corden tonight. Stuff and Things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. Very good. Um, Thanks today to... J.J. Cooper from Baseball America. Thanks also to Maryland Athletic Director Damon Evans. We'll get it up in the greatest hit section of the Archive. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Brian Billick. Brian Billick will join us tomorrow. We'll be Drew Forrester. Yeah, Drew will join, join us tomorrow. And stuff and things. Stuff and things. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and the partners, including Sports and Social MD, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. 
Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer. Happy to have him back. I guess. At Kay Ottenheimer. I didn't have any. Um, normally on my return day, I have a really big mess up, you know? Eh. There's been times in the past where you're like, I'm glad to have Kyle. Those are the bobblehead day. Oh, that, that was a return day. <laughs> yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> Caused thousands of dollars worth of damage to Gary Steins. We, it probably was. It probably was amazing that he's never, that he just let that go. Here's we had birthday yesterday. That's very nice of Gary Stein. Always loved it. Remarkable that he's never <laughs> revisited <laughs> that issue. All right. Uh, thanks to, uh, you can follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great, I already did all that, but I yep. guess we're going. That's yep. what we do now is we just leave. Have a great uh, Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.